Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silbert Ranch. And things are starting to pick up. We're getting excited for summer, as I think everybody is. I think everybody's looking to this summer as kind of being, quote unquote, a little bit more normal now that we're uh, through the first summer of the pandemic yep. um, and all that. And, and, and even in shows, there's a lot of hype as we talk about our summer programs, both youth camps and family camps. And uh, it's looking pretty full. And so we're excited just to do life with people this summer. And I encourage you to do the same, whether it's going to, you know, camping ministry and doing that some, you know, some. But I, I encourage you to be intentional with your family this summer. Do something fun. And, and be intentional with other people. Get together and yeah. enjoy. You are made to be together. Isolation isn't good. No, not and, at all. And it's not really, you're still isolated if you're just doing it electronically. Yeah. And that's not, yeah, that's a totally different story. Yeah, so be intentional somehow. You know, there's a lot of scary things out there, Jason, and I I think we're not scared of the things we should be. Yeah, I I And we're scared of the things we shouldn't be. Yes. That's my idea right now. Yeah. Because the the coronavirus, granted, it's real. Yeah. So is the flu bug, so is is the the cold virus, whatever. You, You name it, those things are out there. All of them are really deadly on old, frail people. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. So, yes, there's a vulnerable population, and there's vulnerable populations actually to getting stung by a bee because they're allergic to that too. Yeah. There, there are so many things that we could fear in life and let that rule us that we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Or we can live life and take you know normal precautions about things and you know, if you get sick, you stay in bed. If you are sick, you don't go and spread it to other people. And I think the philosophy we had last year and continue this year is, please come to us healthy. Yep. And then act it while you're here. And and let's try and do it that way rather than try and tell everybody that probably they're sick and we're running from them. We don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Yeah. And so I encourage you in ministry. The other thing, just on the sideline, um, the pastors that I've talked to just quietly as I talk to them about personal things, would you leave them alone? They're so tired of all this garbage. Yeah. They want to they wanna talk to you about something other than masks and protocols and all that kind of stuff. They, they really want to talk to you about the important stuff in life. Yep. So maybe it's time to let them and, and yeah. forget all the other stuff for a while. Uh, wash your hands. Do what you want to do. If you're not comfortable in a situation, this is still America. Don't go to it. Yep. You know, but don't, don't make other people that go to it feel guilty for going at this point. Um, and I know... You're, you're saying, oh, Dave, you're going liberal on us. I don't know that that's liberal. I, I, <laughs> I think that to me, it's more common sense. Wash your hands, don't sneeze in people's faces and yeah. all that kind of good stuff that we used to do anyway. Right, and it's still good to do. It and still I think is. everybody's now in the habit of doing it, so that's a good thing. And I have a theory about this. Uh, you know, there, there hasn't really been a flu outbreak this year, and I have a theory on why. Why? Because corona is flu. That's right. <laughs> all the, all <laughs> we the called it a different goes, name. That's right. That's it's right. like, let, what, why don't we just call the corona now, we'll call it chicken pox. I mean, flu we'll call chicken pox. And then during the flu season, look at all the chicken pox. But guess what? There's no flu. Yeah. Because we called it by something else. Yeah. That's my theory. And I'm going to stick to it. Okay. I think we had plenty of flu this year. It just was in the corona variety because uh, the corona, I believe, is a SARS virus, which is a flu virus, which... I think we all had the flu, mm. uh, whoever had it. Yeah. And there are uh, flu-like symptoms. So I'm off my little pedestal thing here. I'm, I'm no more soapboxing it on that. 
Fair enough. Nobody wants to hear it anyway. We're all done with that. They all turned their podcast off by now. <laughs> I was gonna, well, if they, if they hung on with us for so long, <laughs> yeah. then they're probably used to you. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about something that is kind of scary. Scary thoughts with Dave. Yes, yeah, scary, Watch out. scary dun, dun, dun. thoughts. This doctor, David Bell, um, doctors have it rough. I mean, if you're a doctor and you don't know Jesus right now, right, and you're trying to decide. How do you treat people who come to you? Maybe they're 11 years old, 12 years old, and they say, you know, I am a boy, but I don't want to be, so I want you to prescribe, you know, puberty blockers to me. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Because now this doctor, I mean, he's honest. He's looking at things. I was reading an article about him. It's like, I don't know if we should be doing that because children, you know, they're at a stage when they're in adolescence. Yeah. Where a lot of things they're trying to discover. Absolutely. Shouldn't they discover who they are first before making decisions about who they are? I mean, that's essentially what we teach in every other aspect of their life. Yeah. Which is the interesting thing. And this one is so detrimental. I mean, you make a decision 11, 12, 13 years old, you're, this is going to affect you the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, can you go to war when you're 11? No. No, they don't train you to fight a, a use a fighter plane? Nope. You can't even drive at 11. You can't drive at 11? I mean, I'm sure. You, you can't smoke at 11? Nope. You can't go and buy a pack of smokes at the store? Nope. You can't go buy any alcohol at 11? You can't do that at 11? Wow. Yeah. Do you have to go to you school? Can't, you can't vote at 11. You can't vote at 11? Nope. But you can tell your doctor to alter the rest of your life forever at 11. Yeah. See, something here. That doesn't make any sense. No. No. I, how do we get out of this, Jason? This is your generation doing this. It's not mine. My generation is looking at it going, this is a scary, weird, kind of odd, kind of different thought. Yes. With a lot of other adjectives. Yeah. Why, sure why, are you, why, is, why are we doing this? Because we've left common sense in my mind. Okay. I mean, you look at the, you look at it, and people just do what they want, without you know thinking about the the consequences. I mean, everything has a consequence, you know, and they don't realize the impact that it has, you know. And I we were talking off air like there's even like court cases now of adults who've gone through this process saying I didn't want that. Right, right. I thought I, mean, I wanted it, but I really didn't. Why'd you let me do that when I was a kid? Right, and and at home I have a like a seven and a half almost five and a three-year-old, you know, and sure they're not 11 yet, but I couldn't imagine allowing an 11-year-old and just the way that they think and all that. Yeah, I'm not sure what age, to, 11, 12, 13, yeah, I'm whatever not sure, age but it whatever is. that But is. I even think about my life back at 11, you know, I mean, sure, I understood some things. I mean, 11 puts you at about fifth, sixth grade right. is what we're talking about. Right. And you think about all the stuff that you don't allow a fifth, sixth grader to do just because they're still learning and developing. Yeah. And yet you give them the keys to make such a huge decision. It's like, where, where's the thought process behind this? Absolutely. You know, my voice was a lot higher in fifth grade. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. I wouldn't right. be doing what I'm doing today with my well, voice. And the whole ironic thing to me, if, if, I, if irony is the right word, is, is lately we've been hearing, you know, we got to go back to science. You know, and I'm like, have we have we like lost the whole concept? I mean, I had to take biology back in the day. You did. Is biology of the human body no longer a science? 
You're right. It must not be. Because I feel like a lot of, you know, what we talk about, especially when it comes to gender, has just been thrown out the window and like separated from science. Yeah. And, and what happens, I think people use the word science continually. And what they're trying to do is say, you need to agree with me. And they have no real science because you can go and you can check anything out. You can find anybody to back up whatever you want to back up and then start claiming that's your science. Right. I mean, because we know somebody that recently had a baby. Mm -hmm. And before they had the baby, they asked the parent, what gender is it? No, what gender they were. Oh, what gender they were. Yeah, the parent, the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they asked the mother what gender they were. It's like, hello? Yeah, this is a lady. She's coming in to give birth. Men don't give birth. It's, yeah, that, let's that's talk still... about science, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like, you know, it's interesting. how more black and white does it get? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. You know, and I know it's my generation that started down this path, but it's like, how do we, how do we take something that is clearly not factual and make it factual? You know what I think? I think your generation struggles with the idea that um, when you can't be corrected, because if you correct somebody, you don't love them or care for them. Yeah. And, and that goes all, you know, what age does that? I, so all through life, we keep wanting to affirm everybody. Um, I, I remember when I was a kid, and we've talked about this a little bit before. I, you know, I'm not much of an artist, and I'd be sitting there coloring. My dad would look at it and go, nice coloring day, but they have lines there for a reason. Yeah. You know, stay in the lines. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, you're ruining my creativity. I'm never going to be an artist if you keep doing this. You know, I didn't say that, but... Or with an Italian accent. Yeah, I didn't do that either because we're a Swedish house. I don't even know where that came from. However, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that. I, as a kid, what I learned from my dad was, you don't have to be an artist to know to stay within the lines, kid. Yeah. He didn't beat me up. It wasn't an evil thing. It wasn't. You know, I took five years of piano lessons, and I still can't play. Mm. Finally, my father said, that's not your thing. Yeah. Okay, no insult. That, that wasn't my thing. Got mm -hmm. cut from a no-cut baseball team. Baseball, not my thing. Right. Okay, Th there's a lot of other things that were my thing. Mm -hmm. Those weren't. Failing at those things was not debilitating to my life. Right. Having an adult in my life that would say, well, you're not good at that, mm -hmm. was not evil. It was actually helpful. Yep. You know, as an older guy, when I watch young people, especially those in adolescence right now, I realize they're in a very uh, transitioning time in their life, and there's so many things to them that are conf just confusing. Mm -hmm. That's okay. They need to get through that. Right. And they need to get through that in a home with parents who love them and will guide them, and that brings stability mm -hmm. in their life. And eventually, they get comfortable in their skin yeah. the way they really are. Right. But, but it, it's a process. Uh, there are so many things, philosophically, I think, that go into the problem. Yeah. You know, number one, we keep looking at other people thinking, I'm flawed, I should be like that person. Mm -hmm. Okay, that... One, I think that's even over-accentuated the more that social media grows, oh, yeah. is, is the self-comparison with, with others. I mean, we had it back in the day, even growing up, but it's, it's like that exponentially worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the whole selfie movement on steroids. Right. You know, as, as a young parent, as you are of young, young children, I would encourage you, you know, if you look at how you prevent this in the future, mm -hmm. you as a young parent need to be making sure that your kids understand they are who they are individually, and that is a good thing. Yeah, They are not like anybody else. They don't have to be. 
Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to look at others to see what value is because mm-hmm. their value is given to them by God. You and your, your wife love them unconditionally. I mean, we teach that from a very young age. Yeah. And down the road, they're not looking at somebody else saying, I want to be like them. So therefore, you know, or they're not looking or from a very young age, you teach them that different, different is something that is celebrated. It's not better or worse. Right. So, um, mom, you have three boys. I do. So you can be able to say, mom is not a boy. Right. We celebrate that. Yep. We celebrate the fact that she's a female, a girl, you know, and, and here's how we, here's how we treat women. Mm -hmm. This is what we think. So we don't demean the other gender. Mm -hmm. We don't say men are better than women. What we're saying is men are different Mm -hmm. than women. Right. And I want my, you know, I want my kids to know that. And, and so my wife and you, you guys have to be comfortable being who you are yeah. and not constantly thinking, well, you do this because you're a man and, and men are better than women or you do this because you're, you're, no, women and men are different and we need to be okay with that. We just need right. to be okay with it. Absolutely. So the earlier a child learns that, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, women are, are generally, they're more relational than men. Men are more task-oriented than women in general. And we learn, okay, the way people are bent, good for them. Yeah. You know, and we start seeing how we're bent, and we do those things. And, you know, it really is something, I think, because we're so afraid to work on something that's absolute Mm -hmm. and the way it's supposed to be when they're young, when they get older, they think anything can work, and nobody will correct me, and nobody has the right to correct me. Yeah. Um, more now in my life when I speak, it, it's possible and has happened where somebody right in the middle of talking will get up and start arguing with me, mm-hmm. you know, more than before. Right. And it's like, why? Right. Show some respect to the person. This isn't a format for it. Right. Show some respect. Well, no, I don't have to because I don't agree. Well, right. you, from the time you were young, didn't understand structure. Right. Well, and, I, and and even playing into that more, I think the last year and a half has played into that all the more with the way people have been treating people. You know, if you no longer if you disagree, do you have a conversation? Right. You know, you just say you, you lash out, you know, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person, you don't even treat the other person like a person anymore. Right. You know, and that's unfortunate because that's my generation even running with that and the next generation. Absolutely. You know, kind of a mix of both. What I don't know what the next generation is, Gen X, or we already had Gen X. Well, you know, there has to be some kind of um, bottoming out and change. Yeah. I mean, in everything. When you look at, you want to look at scary thoughts. Right. Look at what's going on with the economy. Yeah. And we've talked about that, so we're not going to beat that dead horse. But, you know, you can't do what we're doing as a nation and continue to do that. Right. You, you just can't. Um, so there's a scary thought. So something's got to happen mm-hmm. economically, and we don't know what that is, but there has to be an adjustment economically. Yeah. Um, the hatred that's out there, that that really, I think that they're talking about the dangers of racism. I think they're promoting racism by doing that. Yeah. And and now we're you know people just looking at the color of somebody's skin and deciding what they have to do. That's racism. Right. It really. There shouldn't be that in our culture, but there is. So, uh, scary thought. I had another one. I read an article, believe it or not, and I can't remember now exact details. So, yeah. But it was either, I think it was Washington, might have been Oregon, where they proposed a law where the castration of farm animals 
and artificial insemination was going to be considered sexual abuse to animals. What? Yeah. Now, that's a scary thought I, right there. Yeah. Not only that, that the killing of an animal so you can eat it would be abusive. Wow. Think of that for a moment. You know, it's like yeah, we're giving more rights to animals than we are to people. Yeah, we can kill babies. We can do all you know. But for us to have farmers actually work a herd, yeah, to make sure that the animals are medically okay and taken care of, and and that you have food in the food supply, right? And they're saying no. That it's just very cruel. And I'm beginning to think. What is going on in the minds of some people? Talking about right. weird and well, scary. I, I think part of it that plays into it is the whole, you know, lack of knowledge a lot of times. And and it's kind of what you're getting at is that everybody, you know, regardless of the situation, because of the, the stimulus that's impacting their thought process, makes a conclusion before they know anything about the matter. You know, and say farming, for example. I bet you most of the people, and I'm generalizing, you know, obviously, right. but most of the people that are pushing that movement that you just talked about right. probably have never set foot on a farm. Yeah. You know, or known a farmer to know, like, all right, what actually happens on a farm? What's what's the thought process behind this? Right. You know, and I think that that's true in, in a lot of ways. Like, we talked about racism, you know, the media, you know, is there a race problem? Yeah, you know, obviously. But the more the media portrays it, the more I think it just fuels the fire. Right. Because the more it's making people have an opinion without actually getting to know somebody of a different color or ethnicity. And, and, it, and, it, and it's impacting it in a negative way. Yeah. Well, even with the, the president signed a bill, again, on farming, where uh, black farmers would get you know, money and the white farmers wouldn't. I tell you, that's racist right there. Right. I, I don't care what you say, I say and what you're trying to twist and turn it as. Yeah. The only determining factor is the race of the person for how you treat them. You know, I think the Bible makes it clear. If, if people can benefit you and you treat them differently because they can benefit you, and the people that don't benefit you, you treat them rottenly, that's improper. Mm-hmm. Because really, we're to treat everybody with the same respect. Everybody. It doesn't matter what country they're from. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter how old they are. We treat people with respect. That That's what the Bible teaches us. Right. And very specifically in that case, it says if somebody came into your congregation, it's rich, and you give them the seat of honor and that kind of thing. You know, that's not right. Yeah. Because somebody that came in, it was poor, and they went to the seat of honor, and you moved them so the person could come in so that somehow it looked better for you. Yeah. No, that's not right. And Christians all the way through history— are, are, there's two categories according to God's word. Those who are in God's family, those who aren't. Mm-hmm. It, it has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with color, has nothing to do with where you're from in the world. It has to do with whether you're a child of God or not. Mm-hmm. And those are the two categories. And even if you're not in God's family, we're still to respect those people and, yeah. and love them. And God's the one that says love your enemies if you even have enemies, people that want to hurt you and that kind of thing. The thing that scares me is the... The, the nation itself, I don't think, realizes that it's going to live off the philosophy that it sets. And um, you know, I wrote a book called Ideas Have Consequences, and, and it's because ideas have consequences. Mm-hmm. So years ago, we quit teaching that God created the world, the universe. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, then, you're, re, you're a child. Okay, the world came into existence by mistake. I came into existence by mistake. So now you grow up believing that you're a mistake. Hmm. Then you start acting in accordance with what you believe. Yeah. 
Now we wonder why depression, suicide, anxiety is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. Well, because most of those who are anxious and depressed and suicidal are people who feel worthless. Yeah. Who feel like a mistake. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we've taught that for years. That nothing on this earth was put in place on purpose. Mm -hmm. So you're all a mistake. So actually, those people who live in the context of being a mistake are living out the philosophy of what's being taught in the schools. Right. Hence, someone like myself, an old teacher, says, you know, we need to go back and tell people in the beginning God. Yeah, absolutely. That's all. And, oh, yeah, well, you're really, sorry, in the beginning. Look where you've gotten with mm -hmm. your philosophy. Right. Well, they don't even follow their own philosophy. That's the thing is it doesn't mean, I mean, the whole idea of evolution is survival of the fittest. Right. Right. And so if we continue to go down this path of transgender and, you know, and all that, let's go back to biology. Right. How does our human race procreate? Yeah. You need a male and you need a female. How right. is that? How is what they're moving down towards even lining up with their own philosophy of survival of the fittest? You can't survive without male and female together. Yep. Yep. You know, and that's where it's like they've they've left reason and thought and just embraced feelings. Right. And and, and they're contradicting even their own contradictions, yep. which is crazy. Yep. And that's that's where it's it's scary. You know, yep. <laughs> that's the scary part. They're not even consistent in their own thoughts. No. You, you know? know, it's like we want to make it harder to understand anything complicated yeah. when it's not complicated. Right. And when I look at it again, when you teach kids or anyone, I keep saying it over and over again, just please keep looking for the simple because truth is always simple. Yep. When you think about how God did it, okay, mm -hmm. God made male, he made female. Any questions? I mean, that's how he made them. Right. Yeah, but now I go somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, how many genders are there in this state? How many right. do you recognize in that state? Well, not only that. I don't even know what they're talking about. I mean, you look time. outside of the human race, look at every animal. Right. You know, right. That's, that's a mammal, right. essentially. Absolutely. It's the same, you yeah. know. So I, I, I think, you know, it'd be like if I'm, if I'm trying to um, start a fire in the woods and you come out there and, I, and I'm rubbing two sticks together. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at me and you, you pull out a lighter. Yeah. They say, you know, you could, you could use this. And I go, no, nah, you know what, I, I understand, man. That I'm going to do it this way because it just makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm making life a lot harder than it should be. Yeah. Sometimes we make life harder than it should be. Yeah. And right now, I, I don't blame young people who come to me and talk and are confused. Right. I don't blame them. They are, they're confused by what is family? Mm -hmm. What is gender? Why am I important in life? What does it matter that I live or die? Yeah. They don't have the answers for this, and the school's not providing it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the parents aren't providing it. And the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours they're spending in media isn't providing it. Right. So you know, the answer really is you go back to a family like yours, Jason, and you and your wife, you get the privilege of looking at some of the things that other parents may not be thinking when their children are the age that your children are. Mm. You know? Um, I know that uh, Linda and I, every once in a while, we'll be with some young kid. And it isn't unusual at the end for my wife to look at the kid and just say, remember, God loves you. Mm -hmm. That's not unusual for her to do. Right. 
And I keep thinking there's an, an older lady yeah. who I shouldn't call an older lady, but there's an older lady who has some wisdom and, yeah. and she's trying to set a block in place. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, remember this. Yep. You know, or she'll say uh, something about Jesus loving them. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, and I'm and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, she's she's such a teacher. Yeah. And and looking at what will cause problems down the road if they don't understand this now. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, I think that some of those things are something that's certainly worthy of you, you and your wife, any young parents sitting down and talking about. We need to be able to show our children that we disagree with them mm -hmm. and we care deeply for them and love them and they can trust us. Yeah, 100%. So however you do that, I think it would be unique in every child. But I wonder how many parents your age with young kids sit and say, here's some goals that we'd like to make sure. These kids, when they're adolescents, mm -hmm. we want them to know this. Okay, so we want them to know that when they're an adolescent, we want them to know that they, you know, actually that they have feelings all over the place for all different kinds of things, and that's not unusual right. for an adolescent. So how do I teach that now so that that's a normal thing? Mm -hmm. um, and if parents do that, then the other thing you do is you surround your family, and this is what the, the church's value is. You surround your family with significant other adults who basically love God. Yeah. So that when your child won't go to you to talk, they have somebody else they'll go and talk to. Mm -hmm. But they need to talk. Yeah. And sometimes mom and dad aren't it. Here's how it played out, I think, in years ago. Years ago, the, the, the family, the organic family, was, was one that uh, stayed together. And when the, the family got bigger, they would just kind of spread out on the farm. Mm -hmm. you know. And so families actually were, were rather large, and yeah. they were together. Right. So when you were together on a daily basis, you were together with mom and dad, your brothers, your sisters, your grandparents were probably there. Yeah. At least one set of them were, were probably there. Your aunts and uncles could be there and, and your cousins. Mm -hmm. So you have all these people there. Now, your parents are still responsible for your upbringing. So that, that, that's a no-brainer. But in the process, you start getting strained because dad's telling you you got to work hard and you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden you go sit by grandpa and talk to him. Yeah. Because you're mad at that. Now grandpa says you got to learn to work harder, son. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to go to Uncle Bill. Yeah. Uncle Bill, got to learn to work harder, son. All right, you're not getting out of this circle. Mm -hmm. What happens is dad and all the significant other adults in this child's life are saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Eventually that child says, that's the way it's got to be. Yeah. Now look at our culture today. Families don't live together. Neighborhoods are isolated. We don't have that significant other adult influ influence. Mm -hmm. When a kid doesn't want to talk to a parent, he'll get online and talk to somebody. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about it. Yeah, and it's amazing how once you start talking about it, time just flies yeah. <laughs> like it did today. But I encourage you, you know, it's good to talk about this stuff. It's not taboo. I encourage you to, you know, if things don't make sense, talk about it. Because there's truth and you can know the truth. And so I encourage you to head over to our podcast, head over to Relate365.com. And uh, you can check out this podcast, Younger and Older, but there's a bunch of other resources and other podcasts on there too. What we do and the whole purpose behind this is trying to engage our culture and talk about truth and applying the truth to the culture. Because you can know the truth. 
you know, and, and it'll help you live and be free. And so that's all the time we have here on Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave. As always, we love hanging out with you. We love talking to you. So tune in next time here on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.